You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful city of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to this episode today. This is episode 60, and I'm going to have a really cool interview with a blogger friend of mine coming up in just a few minutes. I want to just take a moment out and say thank you to everyone that has been subscribed to the podcast uh, over the last several weeks. Thank you to those of you who have been regular listeners downloading. Also, big, big thanks to all of you who have left reviews on the podcast. Those are a big, big help. Uh, first and foremost, they are incredibly encouraging to me and they're inspirational. So thank you. They they motivate me to keep going and to keep producing awesome content for you. So thank you for that. Also, those reviews are a big, big help in terms of pushing us up the search rankings. So in essence, uh, the great reviews that you have left have in essence helped us reach more people. So thank you very, very much for that. And also, if you've enjoyed the podcast, do me a huge favor. Could you tell a friend about it? I mean, like, just right now, think about one or two people that you know that you think could benefit from the podcast that maybe you have not yet told about it. Now, I know some of you have probably already shared with your friends. Thank you so much for doing that. But even you, is it possible that maybe maybe there's one or two friends that you haven't shared the podcast with? Think about that right now. If you do me a huge favor, in the next 24 hours, would you shoot them a text message or maybe the next time you see them just say, hey... I've been listening to this podcast. It's really awesome. Why don't you check it out? Theology for the rest of us. Can you do that for me? Because the the greatest way that we can grow is through word of mouth. So if you could do that for me, that would be a big, big deal. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to dive into an interview in just a moment here. I want to say that I love social media. I mean, I'm a big, big social media fan and my favorite platform is Twitter. I mean, I'm on all of them, right? I mean, I use Facebook, I use Instagram, I use Snapchat, but my favorite one by far is Twitter. I tweet a lot. For those of you who follow me, um, I tweet several times every hour. You can find me on Twitter at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Um, sometimes people ask me though, are you sitting in front of your computer all day or on your phone all day tweeting? The answer is no. Um, I actually have a software that does it. So I preload tweets a bunch at a time, and it kind of just automatically tweets them out. However, um, anytime someone tweets at me, whether they retweet me or they quote me or they mention me or tweet at me, 100% of the time, I do tweet back personally. That's not a software doing it. That is me doing that. So if you want to connect with me, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can tweet at me and I always respond. Well, over the last few weeks, I have had a chance to connect with a friend of mine, a new friend on Twitter, a guy by the name of Jerome Danner, and uh, we met on Twitter and discovered he was a blogger himself, and we got a chance to tweet back and forth at each other, and so he is going to be uh, the interviewee on today's episode. Jerome and I had a long conversation about the topic of theology and some very important nuances. Uh, first, he he uses a great illustration from are for marriage to help us understand why theology matters. And then he spends the bulk of the interview really talking about how we should disagree uh, you know, in areas of theology. There are going to be moments as we study theology, as we develop doctrine, there's going to be moments when we disagree. 
but many people disagree the wrong way. And Jerome has some really great wisdom as to how we ought to disagree when we have those moments. What's the right way to have a disagreement? What's the right way to leave a church if there's a major doctrinal difference? Or what's the right way to uh, confront someone who maybe has some bad doctrine without fracturing the friendship? So Jerome gives some great wisdom on that. Jerome lives in South Georgia, so just a few hours up the road from me. He's got a bachelor's degree in anthropology, and he's extremely passionate about the topics of apologetics and theology, so he has read a bunch, very well-read, well-studied guy. Uh, like I mentioned, he is a blogger, so you can find his blog. It's watchyourtheology.blogspot.com. Uh, Jerome is a husband, and more than that, he is a passionate follower of Christ, so I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy my interview with him. So without further ado, interview with Jerome Danner. Today, Jerome Danner, um, I want to just give you an opportunity, you know, spend a few seconds, a minute or so, and kind of tell our audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, and, you know, your story as to how you ended up where you are today. I appreciate it, Mr. Ortiz. Um, so as you, you know, you said, you know, uh, live not down here in South Georgia, very swamp type of area down here, but it's very nice though. Uh, my wife is originally from this area. Um, I my I bounced around, so I'm actually born and raised uh, Alabama and Maryland. So I still claim Alabama and say roll tide proudly. Um, I graduated from uh, college about eight years ago now, actually, uh, with a bachelor's in anthropology. Uh, more interested nowadays in, in philosophy and theology and uh, history and some some aspects and politics and um, just always hoping hoping to grow. I think the big the big thing for me is that when I the last four and a half years, especially when we started going to our old church home, even though my wife and I have left since um, Jesus had a way of just captivating my heart. And, and it really just made me realize that uh, there is more to Christ than just uh not to knock Joel Osteen or anybody, you know, other right now, but, but I feel like sometimes people, you know, harbor on the good so much, you know, that we, you know, we want to accept Jesus to get into heaven and we want to accept Jesus to uh, be happy and just, you know, just let God bless us because we're just so happy in Jesus and happy, happy, happy as the Duck Dynasty guys say. But, you know, the thing for me that I came to the you know conclusion that the more uh, that we abide in Christ and he abides in us, that this is a transformational life. And we become um, so um, just overwhelmed by his goodness and his grace and his mercy. We can't do anything else but to share it with others. We can't do anything else but to uh, live it out completely. And that means 24-7, day to day. That doesn't mean that we don't battle uh, sin. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't fall uh, because we've all fallen short uh, of the glory of God. But it does mean we we remember to get back up, and we're reminded by the Holy Spirit to uh, that we 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 are saved by God's grace and His grace alone, and He loves us so much that He would you know send His only begotten Son to die for our sins. So that's something we should be uh, grateful for. That's something we should be happy for. But it's also something that we can be overjoyed about. Um, so that's kind of just you know uh, a, a few of the big things for me at this point. Mm. Man, I, I I really love some of the things you said. I think, you know, I've, I've been following Jesus now 20 years. And, and as I look at my Christianity, I think the early portion of it was incredibly foundational and positive. I mean, God rescued my soul and he taught me so much in my early faith and really did some healing work in my heart from some childhood pains. Um, 
But as I got into my 20s, I began to realize that a lot of my theology was kind of warped, and it really was it was me-focused, right? Like, it was about me being happy, God blessing me, much what you were saying. And it wasn't until my mid-20s that I kind of had a little bit of a renaissance in my faith and theology where I began to realize that like, I'm not the star of the show. Like, the, right. the star of the show is Jesus. You know, I, as Lecrae says in that, that great song, Background, like, I play the background. You know, I, I'm the I'm the stardust. He's the star. And so— right. And I think what you're saying is similar, that when you begin to really study who, who God is and begin to study some deeper elements of theology, you begin to realize there, there's much more to the story than you being happy on a daily basis. So uh, that's really great stuff. Um, Jerome, I know we were talking before we started recording just kind of about some of the areas of theology that you're passionate about. Um, kind of, I just want to give you, the, you know, give you several minutes to kind of share with our audience, why do you believe that we ought to watch our theology? Like what, what is the detriment if we're not cautious, right? Because I know, I know you've heard similar things that I've heard from people that have said, like, "Man, I just, I, I just don't focus about that. That doesn't really matter. That's too marvelous for my mind." Or, you know, I, I heard a famous preacher once. I won't say who said, you know, if you need the doctrine of grace to get excited, I'll give you another church down the street to go to, and just, um, just kind of, just sort of people sometimes are in, in our church cultures in some circles, there's sort of this condescending approach to studying theology and doctrine. Do you see that as a negative? And if so, how does that impact our life? I, I agree. I do do see that as a negative whenever people say anything, in my personal opinion, that uh, would cause them not to want to grow deeper in, in the knowledge of, of, uh, of the Lord. Um, for example, there's a great book by the uh, great uh, theologian, some people might call him mystic, A.W. Tozer. I believe, I hope I'm saying this right, the book is called The Knowledge of the Holy. Yeah. And that had a, an amazing uh, impact on me because in, in this book, Tozer basically takes his time. And it's not that long of a read, actually. It, um, I'm not even sure if it was over 100 pages. I might be wrong. But what he was trying to do was basically break down each of what you know, I think something like the twenty-something attributes that bit you know that we can see from the scrum scripture uh, attributes of God, and he goes through omniscience and he goes through uh, his God's omnipotence and his omnipresence, and the more you study theology, I believe, the more you become um, more aware more aware of who God is. For example, let's say uh, you know, brother. Uh, Ortiz, I know you said you hadn't gotten married yet, but let's say when you go down that, you know, that road and you're dating, you know, some, you know, beautiful, you know, Christian sister, God willing. Um, let's say if you were like some, you know, typical Christian out here who says, oh, I don't need theology. That would be almost like saying, in my personal opinion, that would be almost like saying I really don't need an in-depth knowledge of this sister to my to my right mm, great. so it's great you, metaphor. you would say to this to this sister before you quote unquote accepted her as somebody you wanted to marry you would say if you're the typical christian like looking at your uh, a weak relationship with god they would say uh or you would say in this situation this analogy uh well she's beautiful uh she has beautiful hair she seems really intelligent she seems like she listens a lot um she has nice teeth um, she cooks for me, you know, so that's a, that's a, a definitely a plus. So you're basically looking at her like from the outside looking in like, oh, you know, all this stuff is great. Well, that's, you know, but you, but you don't know who she is. You don't know her likes and her dislikes. You don't know where, uh, her plans for 10 or 15 years down the road. You don't know, uh, what captivates her. You don't know, uh, what really, what she, um, desires to do with her life and, you know, on and on and things that you would need that you, 
uh, in order to truly say that you know her, you would have to ask questions. You'd have to spend time um, conversing with her. You had to spend time fellowshipping with her. You would have to actually you'd even have to uh, ask others about her just to, you know, her family, just to see how they you know view this person. Well, that's kind of what I would feel like, you know, when it comes to theology, philosophy, Christian apologetics It's like. And I say this even about myself. And I've been thinking about writing a book on this where kind of where when I grew up, yeah, I accepted the Lord as my savior um, uh, probably when I was about eight years old. Uh, even my parents kind of struggled over it, you know, to really make sure that I really knew what I was doing before I made this decision. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I was pretty much a, I was pretty much a bad kid. I had times when I w- would be, uh, you know, good, but I was pretty much a bad kid. I, I was two faced, you know, as many Christians can be where at home, um, you know, I'm raising cane and doing what I want to and chasing girls and, you know, getting high and all that foolishness. But then when I'm in church, you know, all of a sudden I put on, those, you know, those robes, you know, and trying to be the, the good Christian kid. And I spoke well and things like like that. Um, and then I think like you were saying earlier, you know, when you were a young person, you kind of had a, a bit of a weak theology yourself. And I had kind of a weak theology, but it wasn't so much where I was even looking to God as, you know, as happy. I was basically looking to God as, you know, you're there, but you're kind of in my rearview mirror kind of thing. And I did not take the time to go any deeper because I just thought, well, you know, it's just the Bible. You read it. You know, you follow Jesus if you want to, which I didn't care to during college. Um, And that's it. Well, uh, what happened was and what I usually tell people is, you know, uh, God has a, a way of his will is so pleasing and so perfect that it that he has a way of bringing things into your life, even when you don't want it to or expect it, or even if you're trying to uh, circumvent it yourself. So my wife comes along and we're, you know, we start dating and all, you know, those things. And I was still trying to chase other girls. You know, I was still, you know, trying to, you know, uh, sin with other women. And God, you know, had an amazing way. I, you know, uh, you know, I won't make this too long, but like a quick instance was I remember I got this young lady's number and I told my my now wife at the time, you know, kind of a friend, kind of girlfriend, uh, told her, hey, you know, I got this girl's number, you know, kind of just to let her know, like nothing serious is going to happen between us. Well, I tried to call that girl numerous occasions and never reached her. Uh, as a matter of fact, I never saw her again. So it was a way that God was trying to show me, look, I have something better for you, but you need to get get to know me more. And I always say that my wife, God used my wife as a vessel to get me back right with him. Now, I've I've struggled since then, but it's been a blessing to get to know him more. And I got to know him more by watching her. And the more I got to know him was by actually studying his, his word by actually, like I was saying earlier about, you know, to get to know that woman better for you, Brother Ortiz, you need to check out her family. Well, I got to check out God's family. I got to study more about who Christ was and the Holy Spirit. But I also got to, you know, really take time to look back at how my parents lived when they as they loved the Lord, my grandparents, um, other folks in the church. So anyway, you know, I hope I'm not making this too long. But a huge thing to me when it comes to to theology is that it it almost opens um, the door to a person almost like a library in a sense. Like if you want to know something, here you open this door, be be it biblical theology, Christian theology, um, and you you take a, a book from here and a book from there, and you you check with this uh this uh elder in Christ, this older person in Christ, and you're like, wow, there really is more to God than I thought. 
And that's what it's all about. And I think, unfortunately, you have a lot of a lot of uh, typical Christians, a lot of uh, babes in Christ that are satisfied with uh, being on milk. I think Paul was right. the one I think who had you know called out other brothers in Christ about being babes in milk. You know, you should be on solid food at this point, and you're yeah. still on milk. And we need to we we should be about about more about that. We should be willing to change. Man, that's really really great thoughts. I I love that analogy, that metaphor, like. You know, and I've said this in earlier episodes. You know, one actually, in fact, our one of the very first episodes uh, we did, you know, on the for the podcast was what is theology? Why does it matter? And just theology is just a study of God, like just getting to know God better, just understanding Him more. And I love that. Like you would never say to someone you're dating, "Yeah, I think I've known enough about you. I don't really want to get to know you better." I mean, just right. it's absurd. You would never say that, right? And um, why why do we seem to do that with the Lord? Is 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 odd. Uh, side note, I just want to give you a heads up. I, I, I am dating a, a, a lovely young woman who loves the Lord. And so, uh, that's been going on for several months. Surely on the podcast, we'll give more updates as the relationship progresses, but, uh, <laughs> um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I love what you're saying, man, this is this, this richness of like, we just, we're just getting to know God more for the course of a lifetime. But then you know, we know that sometimes in our theology circles, when people are talking, theology and they begin to kind of assert doctrines and inevitably d- arguments arise people begin to disagree right. and sometimes people handle it really well it's it's you know people are amicable people are, are are still friends um i think about people i've had on the podcast uh whom i have fierce doctrinal disagreements but they're friends of mine um and then other times we've had people maybe handle it not so well and i've been guilty of that too uh, right. no doubt and, and, I, and unfortunately, I would I would say in our Christian world, probably more times it's handled wrong than it's handled right, um, right. which makes makes me sad. If someone comes to you, Jerome, and says, "Hey, I don't want to study theology because you have all these people that argue and they get in the fights and it you know hurts churches and causes church splits," you know, people. If someone were to say that to you, how would you respond to them? Oh, man, I, I think I would try to do my best to be understanding to where they're coming from, because uh, matter of fact, I was I typed in on the Internet just to bring up a, a page that I remember reading before. Have you ever heard of the word uh, rabies theologorum? I'm not familiar. No. Well, I had actually never heard of it myself until I saw somebody else use it, I think, on Twitter. And it basically is literally the, the rage or fury of theologians refers to the tradition of theologians being quite mercilessly abusive in their attacks on opponents, often ad hominem. And that's on, I could share you the uh, the link later, but that's kind of the thing I, I noticed, uh, even with philosophers and theologians. Is, and I, I noticed it, a big thing is with people who do gain a, a bit more intelligence, they become a bit more uh, cutthroat and they forget that this really is a brother or a sister in Christ who right. might just see things differently than you. And sometimes you had to be loving and kind enough to sit them down and say, look, let's go over the scripture together and see where uh, we can find some common ground that that hopefully is biblical and hopefully is guided by the Holy Spirit. Now, at the same time, if uh, excuse me, if that person still wants to or if yourself, you know, hopefully not one of us, but if it's, you know, somebody talking to somebody else um, and they have a problem with what they're saying, if that person wants to continue in um, speaking on a theology or a doctrine or some type of new idea that is clearly not biblical, then sometimes you have to live, you know, not necessarily label them to their face, <laughs> but you have to realize that person is a heretic and you have to kind of 
in a sense, distance yourself, at least theologically. Um, and maybe in some sense, if, if they're leading uh, the church, you know, in some way, you might need to let that passion or if they are a pastor, you might, you know, and, and not, to, you know, cause up conflict in the church, but you might have to, um, you know, say, well, I maybe I need to, you know, step away from the church. And maybe you should let other folks know, you know, especially if it's, if it's you know, uh, damaging to anything that goes against uh, uh, Christ alone, um, grace alone. You know, somebody wants to start doing some type of works based uh, faith, you know, uh, you know, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing comes along and tries to sell Mormonism off as Christianity. Then, you know, we have a problem. Right. Uh, but we still have to remember to be as loving as possible. So I would, you know, try to, you know, work with that person. You know, I, when I, I would hope that I w- would not give them some type of quick answer because I think sometimes uh, in Christian apologetics, philosophy, and theology, we try to, you know, and I have to be careful of this myself. Uh, I, you know, I hadn't been in a p- position where I've had to deal with too many atheists, you know, in the area that I live. But if I ever do, I'm not the smartest person. I don't have all the answers right in front of me or right in my brain at the moment. But I hope I will be loving enough and say, well, look, let's let's have a continued conversation about this and let's try to see if we can walk down the road, you know, together to really get an understanding if uh, what you know we believe is in alignment with Scripture and if what we see in Scripture is in alignment with reality. Hmm. Man, that's a really great thoughts. I love uh, I love what you're saying. Like, let's not give quick answers. Let, let's not try to be right. Let's not try to beat people down. Look. Let's just say, let me just try to understand you. And I think that's where I've been guilty. Someone comes at me or someone says something, and rather than taking the time to just understand, I make an assumption. And, man, if, in, in the few times where I've handled it properly in my life, I feel like it's because I stopped and I, I shut my mouth and I listened and, and I sought to understand. And, and so often we realize, you know what, we actually have more common ground than we realize. And so, right. And do you mind if I interject another thing? Yeah, go for it. I appreciate it. Um, another thing that reminds me of when you said we need to take time and understanding. When I was a child, I remember my parents. You know, they could go back and forth. You know, with, with disagreement sometimes. Both of them are very intelligent. And one thing that they started teaching me with it when I was a child that I, I got tired of, but I understood what they were doing later on is where they said, "Okay, Jerome, what we're going to start doing is one, we're going to slowly lay out our issue." with you or you can do it with us. Then after we lay the issue out, you as the person hearing it has to say, okay, so what I hear you saying is and list out their argument, you know, for for them basically and making sure that you have it right. Then go forth and trying to make sure where you see the cracks in what they're saying or the cracks in what you're saying. That's so that's good. very, very key. Hearing the person's argument, um, making sure that you completely understand it, you know, Give it back to them, you know, in a, in a sense on a platter and say, is this correct? So they can say, well, that's not exactly what I said or what I meant. OK, well, you know, let's make sure we got that. I have that correct. Then let's go for Go forward and see if I still have an issue, because sometimes it's just that people haven't taken the time to really understand a person's viewpoint. You know, be they uh, Calvinist or Arminian, uh, Molinist or whichever. Sometimes it's like, OK, well, maybe you really didn't hear what the other person actually said. Maybe you didn't study the position well enough to really know what they how they see things in order to say, well, I think here's the problem with your 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 viewpoint. Man, that's a really great point. Uh, and that's definitely something that many of us you know, are, are probably guilty of in theology. But that's not just a theology thing. Right. I mean, you know, I'm sure that that's that's good. That's good advice in life. That's life, <laughs> that's life advice, not just theology Amen. advice. Oh. Uh, 
man, Jerome, this has been great conversation. I just want to encourage all of our people again, like remember that watching our theology, as Jerome has said, is extremely important. That that studying and understanding God, you know, to, to the, his, the deepest part of His character that we can is extremely important. It, it it enhances our friendship and our relationship with God. Certainly, I love Jerome again how you put it with the, uh, you know, I, I love how you put it. You know, with like, we we would never say that about a, a, a significant other. Why would she? Why should we ever say that about about God? Um, and then I also love what you just said, just reminding us like to just take time to understand, listen. And, and whether it be a theology argument, political argument, or just or just an argument with your spouse or a friend, right? I mean, it could be anything. Right. So um, that's some really good stuff, man. Jerome, thank you so much for joining us. Um, man, I, you know, I just want to mention everyone again. Check out his podcast, WatchYourTheology.blogspot.com. We will also have a link to his blog on our website in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Jerome, if people listening to this want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, the best way, I wish I had a podcast, but I don't. Uh, the best way to reach out to me is really through Twitter, at Danner, D is in David, A-N-N-E-R, Jerome, J-E-R-O-M-E. So, at Danner Jerome on Twitter. And my uh, blog, as uh, Brother Ortiz has been saying, watch your theology, watch your theology.blogspot.com. And there you have it. That was my interview with Jerome Danner. Really love some of the words he shared. Really love the the analogy he used with romantic relationships and marriage, and how uh, theology, uh, you know, kind of relates to that, or how that's a great metaphor for theology. You know, the, the importance of falling in love with our significant other and continually to build that relationship in the same way with God. Uh, theology is nothing more than studying God in such a way that, that we get to know him, that we're continually cultivating our relationship with him. Really good stuff. And then I also love that Jerome really just brought the, the brought to the table the importance that one, like relationships is important and, and, and treating people gently and with, you know, with the opportunity to, to be balanced and fair to them is important, but also that like that truth cannot be compromised and that, that we have to hold both of those. And sometimes that's difficult, but I thought he gave some really good thoughts on how to manage that. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully that was, uh, uh you know, valuable for you to listen to. Highly encourage you to check out Jerome's uh, blog. Again, it's watchyourtheology.blogspot.com. Hey, thanks for listening so much to this episode of the podcast. Again, I'm incredibly grateful for all of our listeners. If you have a question that you'd like to have answered on the podcast, whether it's a topic related to this episode or or any episode that we've already done or a topic that's completely unrelated, that's totally cool, please feel free to shoot me an email. I promise we'll do an episode related to that. It's heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. It's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. As always, our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a sailor,